Hey, thanks for joining us here for episode 4 of the X-Button Gaming Podcast. Uh, in this episode, I actually have a, a bit of a change, as the last handful I've been with my friend Alex. This time, uh, you get to hear a new voice with my friend Nick on here. We spend most of the episode talking about a genre of games that we're both very fond of, which is the rogue genre. Uh, rogue lights, rogue likes. So hopefully, um, whether or not it's something you're interested in, it's something you find interesting as we talk about it. Maybe you'll hear a game or two that you've never tried before that, after this, you may be interested in trying. So either way, I hope what you do stay and listen to you enjoy, and uh, I always look forward to hearing any feedback you might have on our Instagram or on our Twitter at XButtonGaming. So thanks and uh, enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the X Button Gaming Podcast. Today, uh, with me on this episode, I have my friend Nick Bennett. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. I'm glad that you could be here. It's nice to have another voice other than that stupid Alex. I know. I was, I was getting tired of that. <laughs> Alex, if you're listening to this, I love you, and I'm just playing. Just kidding. But anyway, it's nice to have you here. Um, me and Nick have been friends for a very, very long time. And have talked about video games a lot <laughs> over the course of the last 30 years. Yeah. So uh, this is like just putting on a glove. It, it'll be really easy to sit here and talk about games more. Exactly. Hope, hope you got uh, got time for a couple hour episode here. Uh, I hope everybody has time because it's going to be the best episode yeah. they've ever stopped listening to 15 minutes in. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, I'm sure you've listened to at least a couple of the episodes, so you know that we usually start off by talking about what we've been playing recently. So, um, what have you been playing recently, even in the last couple months, that you've enjoyed that you want to talk about? Uh, I know I was a little late to the game, but Stranded Deep. Uh, Stranded Deep. Yeah. So my my brother put me onto that one, and I started playing. It's uh, it uh, if, if you haven't played, you're you're. It's a randomly ge- it it kind of falls into this episode because it's, it's got randomly generated levels, islands, and that uh, it has permadeath. You're you're stuck on an island trying to survive, and there's sharks all around. It, it kind of made me realize that I'm I'm a little afraid of the deep. <laughs> <laughs> so, is the goal of the game to try to figure out a way off of the island? Yeah, yeah. Eventually. You get to one island that has a huge ship and with a plane, and you get to fix the plane up. And I haven't finished the game, but yeah. Okay, so it has that. That's it is that roguelite type feel where there is a goal that yeah. is not nearly as easy to accomplish as you feel like it should be sometimes. Right. All right, but you've have you enjoyed it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it, it was a ton of fun. It it is buggy, so it, that that part's kind of hard when you you put days and hours in, into this game, but uh, and then. It, you lose a large chunk of what you're doing. That that part's irritating, but it, it is a lot of fun. I'd even go back and start over again after that happens. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, there's nothing more irritating than when you feel like you're doing good and the game crashes or something, you get stuck in the ground or something stupid. Right. But hey, if it's good enough that even when something like that happens, you can go back to it, yep. that's high praise. Yeah. Oh, was that a PlayStation Plus game? It was, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So anybody who has PlayStation Plus, you might have that in your backlog already. So maybe give it a try. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else? Uh, that, that's been about it for video games recently, yeah. That's what happens when you have a, a whole a Partridge Family style bus <laughs> full of children. 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, no, that's cool, though. I get it. And with the holidays coming up and all the sales, maybe you'll find some stuff to pick up to right. to keep you busy. Gotta get get something for the Switch. Get back on that. Yeah. I know I've just been speaking of the Switch and what I've been playing. I've been playing it more. I feel like I haven't played my Switch much in a while, but yeah. I've been playing uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, which oh. uh, just recently came out. I remember um, you talking about that. Yeah, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Um, I'm obviously a huge Pokemon fan, but over the course of the years, I have played and finished almost every gen, but some I when Gen 4 came out, I don't know if it was right at that cusp where I just finished high school, I was working, busy with a lot of other things, it's the only gen I never finished. Huh. So I never went back to it. I still have them, but I never finished it. I have Pokemon from it that I'm a fan of. But yeah, so I was looking forward to this release so that I could actually, so I would actually play through it again. Um, so I've been playing that, <clears throat> doing a, excuse me, doing a, trying to hatch a shiny Krogunk right now, which is nothing but a waste of time for a, a vanity look because <laughs> it means nothing <laughs> other than just that it's shiny though you know stats and all that but huh. so, do you, so do you uh you, you try to get the shiny so that you can, can play against other other people yeah, i'm going to use it in my team yeah. but i do play competitive and i like the idea of uh, he's one of my favorite pokemon oh, okay and he has a cool ability called dry skin which uh will heal him in the rain and also lets him absorb water attacks so he has yeah. a lot of versatility there and I really like water teams, so I want to use them in a rain team in the long term. So, cool. um, so yeah, it, that's uh, we could dedicate a whole other podcast just talking about Pokemon and competitive Pokemon, and we probably will at some time, point in the future. But so I've been playing that, but um, I also mentioned on the last podcast that it was the tenth anniversary of Uncharted Three, and that I wanted to play through it. So I did. Okay. Um, cool. Which, you know, Uncharted games, once you've done them once, aren't that, uh, they're not that long. Um, but, right. you know, they're just great. They're good stories. Uh, not a ton of re- replayability unless you you just want to play through the story again, but I, I hear you. Yeah, I know people love to speedrun them. Um, not really a speedrunner myself, but I just, I played through one couple, about a year ago, and I played through two not long after that and never made it back to three, so it felt like it was a good time. Yeah. Um, but because I was playing through it, I was like, well, let's go for the platinum trophy. Okay. Um, so I played through it on crushing, which was soul destroying at points, <laughs> but I did it. <clears throat> I beat it on crushing and I got all the trophies. I got the platinum and I felt pretty good about that. Even though most people probably look at trophy collecting as a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I do truly enjoy it. Wow. I feel like you're a better person for all your platinums. I thank you. I bet that a lot of people would disagree with that. <laughs> They would say I have too much time, but I, I that is not true. I just use my time wisely. <laughs> I don't think I ever played number three. I, I, I jumped from one, two, to four. Yeah, four was amazing, but yeah. Four was amazing, but you're trying to tell me you absolutely just completely skipped three? I think I skipped three. That is that is just heresy. Yeah. So do you have the Uncharted collection? I do. Dude, I, go play. I have no reason. Yeah, not, this is embarrassing. Yeah. You Stop playing Stranded Deep and play Uncharted 3. It ta- it'll take you... Eight to ten hours to play through. Oh man, okay. it's not it's not that long. I mean, if you play it on an easier difficulty, especially because you won't have the challenge of dying repeatedly. But it's a uh, there there is a small portion of me that likes Uncharted Three the most because of I just like the way the story plays out in Three. But I would not say it's the best of the four, the four mainline games. But anyway, that I played through that, um, really enjoyed it. 
I mean, I'm just a huge fan of the series. But yeah. other than that, it was Pokemon and Uncharted, and I, I did start playing a game called Alan Wake. Um, it's set in the same universe as, like, Control, a game that came out a couple years oh, ago. Oh, right, okay. That won a bunch of Game of the Year awards. It came out in 360 back in, like, 2010, and I remember thinking it looked really unique. Um, so I just ended up picking it up to, to give it a play, and it's it's pretty interesting. You Basically, all you have is a flashlight for most of the time. You're trying to, like, navigate a dark forest and the the enemies that come through. And it, It's, long story oh, yeah. short, it, it's I can't tell right now if half of what's going on is in his head or in is actually happening um and that's what they want and that's is the beginning of the game that's what they kind of they're trying to make you feel like you don't know what's going on completely gotcha sounds suspenseful it's an interesting game that sounds fun yeah i've liked it um i'm trying to think other than that what is that on on playstation ps4 okay um i think i picked up the ps5 version but it's on it's just a remaster of a 360 game so it's not a i guarantee it's on ps4 too but yeah, the only other thing, I did pick up a copy of uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, because um, I wanted to play it. It's like an open world Dragon Ball Z game. Not It's not a fighting game like the series is so well known for. It's a little bit more action RPG-ish. Okay, cool. But I think the battling still has kind of a fighting combo system to it. Haven't started playing it yet, but I'm looking forward to diving into it. That's what I always wanted as a kid when, when we were playing RPGs more in that time was, uh, was like a... a a Dragon Ball RPG. Yeah. They had one, at least one. They had Saga, Dragon Ball Saga. on. It was on GameCube, PS2, Xbox. But I never really... I remember playing it, but it was really hard. <laughs> like, uh. it did what... It was almost closer to what we wanted, where it was more of an adventure game, not just a fighting game. Okay. But something about it just still didn't feel right. From what I understand, this is the best way to play like this is the best like open action world open world action type of dragon ball game okay. so far um but i know what, i know what you mean it's like it, it was too bad for years all we got was fighting games right um but the the game boy and the ds did have some more like platform adventure games or i think uh the ds had attack of the Saiyans 2 which was actually an rpg like a full-blooded turn-based rpg um and that was pretty fun i did play that i really liked that game but, yeah, I think that's about it that I've been playing. Uh, my backlog continues to grow, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like I make a dent in it. And as soon as I make a dent in it, I pick up more. Oh, I did pick up um, one of the Zelda 25th or 35th Anniversary Game & Watches. Have you seen no, those? I haven't seen that. So, it's a cool little collectible. It's They did one last year for Mario's 35th Anniversary. And then this one... They did specifically for Zeldas, and it's got a cool Zelda theme to it. And it has Zelda 1, Zelda 2, and Link's Awakening um, mm-hmm. from Game Boy, which is... Oh, yeah, I love that game. Yeah, it's my personal favorite Zelda game. So that alone kind of made me want to pick it up, plus it just looks cool on display. Um, I, I figured it would look really nice next to the Mario one. I still haven't set it up. It's still sitting there in the box, but... I did pull it out of the box and play it, and that thing has just got the prettiest screen. Like, oh, yeah. okay. it has a nice screen, and it did, honestly, all three of the games, I only played them for a couple minutes each. So it's but, its own little handheld. Okay. Yeah, completely, and it was it made to resemble the '80s Nintendo Game and Watch line that oh, they great. had. So it does double as a clock. So I don't know why I don't wouldn't want to set it up and leave it on because <laughs> it would just yeah. you know, destroy the battery. But the idea is cool, and there's a little Game and Watch. 
game on there, it's... I don't know if you remember, I only vaguely remember this, but there was a Game & Watch ball game where it was the Game & Watch dude and he'd just juggle balls and he had right. to move the arms to catch them. Yep. They'd put that on there too, but it's Link instead of oh, the Game okay. & Watch dude. So. so that was a cool pickup. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's about it for what I've been playing. Um, and this is where we normally talk about the news, but we were talking about this before we even started the podcast and... There hasn't been a lot of news. <laughs> I mean, Slow couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, there is all that craziness that's going on with Activision Blizzard and all the the sexual harassment lawsuits, and I know that's been nuts. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what to think about that. I know all three of the big, the big companies, Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox, have all basically condemned it, which is as they should. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, the biggest news is that we're coming up onto the the video game awards here in two weeks. So hopefully at the next podcast, there'll be a lot more to talk about as far as what's coming up and what's coming out. Yeah, Yeah, should be able to do a good chunk then. Yep. So on that note, um, a lot sooner than normal, but we're going to go ahead and get to the actual meat of what we wanted to talk about today. And that was roguelites and roguelikes what they are and what the difference is. So, Nick, um, do you mind giving us a little bit of a history on the rogue genre? Well, even though it, it, they're called roguelites and roguelikes, I I never realized really that they were based off of the game Rogue from the 1980s, which was a, a dungeon-crawling game. Uh, but just in a in a thousand-foot high overview sense, they're, they have several things in common being random levels, character progression, and permadeath. Uh, rogue. They have roguelites. Roguelikes. They have hybrid roguelites that are have little parts of these but are a little stray a little farther away. So there's there's a, a big gap in and it it's not one specific type of genre because shoot you can have uh, shooters RPGs even card games that that are rogue type games so it's it's more like uh, uh, just a way of of setting up the game it's hard to describe what roguelites are it's very confusing <laughs> yeah um, so I know that it sounds like for the most part Lights have become the the mainstay in the in the genre because uh, lights are the one that actually continue like ha- created the form of um, progression. Right. Um, but I would s- we are going to talk about some that we like, but I'm going to try my best to not bother trying to say what category they fall into because I think most of them fall into the roguelite category. Um, but it's still like, even after having done research and between the two of us, we did a lot of research on the subject. It is such, it is this, you can't see my fingers, but there's the smallest little margin that makes them different. That That is a tiny line that you're pointing out. So, <laughs> so it really just, it does need to just be, I don't know. At some point it feels like they should just stop <laughs> <laughs> saying that, like talking about the difference and just call them rogue games. <laughs> All right. Um, it's going to make it easier for everybody. It is. But I know, like, they've been making a comeback in pretty 
strong fashion over the course of the last 10 years since the indie, the re-rise in the indie genre. Um, but what's really probably t- pushed them up the map again was the release of Hades last year, um, which I haven't played, but it is from a developer that I'm fond of, which is uh, Supergiant. And they, um, excuse me, they the game, it's basically a Greek mythology type setting. But that game won all kinds of Game of the Year awards. Um, People just loved it. And that alone brought interest back into the genre. Um, And then after that, we had another big release in the the rogue-type game, and that was Returnal on PS5, Um, which I did play Returnal. And it's got to hands-down be the the most next-gen AAA um, rogue-type game in existence <laughs> but that game is just gorgeous but sure enough I mean, the the problem with that game at least when i played it was that you couldn't like turn off the console in the middle of a run there was no save progression it saved what happened at the end of a run when okay. you died but it was no mid save and it was not oh, yeah. a short game um so like for most roguelite games once you figure out how to beat it it only takes like 30 minutes to an hour to really do a run. Right, they have to be short because of the way they are. Yeah, it, exactly. Returnal was not. Huh. <laughs> I, I, the, the worlds, the, the levels, I guess, were really big. There was a lot of area to explore and just trying to find. It's been a while now since I've played it, but um, trying to even find what you needed to progress wasn't as easy as just going into the next room. There was a bunch of different rooms you had to explore and then you would find it and make it to the next one. But it was quite disappointing when you'd have something come up because that's called life. Right. And you couldn't just, unless you wanted to leave your console on, um, you couldn't just pause and turn off, save and turn off your console. You'd have to put it at least in rest mode, Um, which sure isn't the end of the world, but I'm not a huge fan of rest mode. I like to just turn my console off. Um, Yeah, shoot. Kids these days, they don't know the pain that we had Back in the day, playing old games, Sonic the Hedgehog, you had to have to do the whole play through. That's true. That kind of thing. <laughs> I know. And, yeah. and, now that you put it that way, I guess I'm just being a, a lazy bum. They were like, "Oh shoot, can't put the PlayStation into rest mode." When I was a kid, <laughs> we just we had to play a whole game in one sitting. I played Sonic uphill both ways. <laughs> it's yeah, that's true. But I mean, the fact is, even when and you're a couple years older than me, my oldest friend, you might say. Um, um, there was even, but when I, I remember I grew up basically at the beginning of the Super Nintendo era. So even then there was a save system. So like some games didn't have them. Like, yeah, Sonic didn't have it. Why didn't Sonic have a save system? I don't know. Mega Man. At least you got a password at the end. Yeah. Sonic definitely didn't. But, oh. I'm way past the subject now, but I have been playing Zombies Ate My Neighbors <laughs> because oh, they just re-released it in a on um, new consoles. Uh-huh. Um, so with no online play, which is a complete and utter bust. Oh no! <laughs> it makes no sense. Which is the only reason I haven't told you or any other friends to pick it up because you might as well just come over and play it with me. Yeah, shoot. Uh, complete and utter miss, but one of I my favorite co-op games of all time. We were talking about that a while back and how fun it would be to play online. And then they didn't even do it. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. Oh, maybe they'll patch it in, but yeah. I apologize for getting off topic there. <laughs> it just clicked. <laughs> Talking about passwords, because that game was password protected. Password protected? What? It had password progression. Right. Um, but now on new consoles, you can save. 
Um, anyway, back to the subject at hand, <laughs> roguelites. Um, yeah, so that was my issue with Returnal, was just not being able to save. But I heard they've patched that now, so you can save mid-run. Oh, okay. Um, but that game had every had all of that. There were certain things you could pick up that would carry over per run um, that would make it just that much easier each time you try again. Uh, I never finished it. I should go back and do so because I actually really liked it, but... But that being said, I've already talked about a uh, roguelite that I've played. Let's go ahead and talk about some roguelites that we've played over the years and uh, what we think about them, some of our favorites, least favorites, whatever. Nick, why don't you go ahead and start? So, let, me, let me just start with one of the ones, one of my favorite in, in recent years, Dead Cells. Dead Cells was great. There, there's a, You could attest to this. There's a lot of games that I'll play and just I'll play a little bit and dump. I don't I don't put enough time into it, but man, Dead Cells probably the most hours I've put into any game in recent recent days. Yeah, I know I was surprised when I looked at it was on Switch and I looked at your playtime and it was over a hundred hours. That yeah. doesn't happen often for Nick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Um shoot, and it, it, it fits the rogue categories. It had the the random levels. Uh it had the pr- progression, which is definitely something that I appreciate. Uh the but even beyond all that, the the controls were super smooth. Uh, the enemies were were fun to battle. The levels, the random levels, uh, everything about that game was beautiful. I yeah, I love the art style. And um, for anybody who has any interest in it, it is a Metroidvania style game. Um, and I love Metroid and that genre of gameplay. So. Um, even when you were playing it, I didn't pick it up right away, and I wish I would have, because I ended up playing it probably like a year after you were telling me how good it was. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I did. I had the same thing. I fell in love with it. I think there was a solid, like, three weeks there where I was playing it nonstop. And even now, I'll go back and do another run or two. I did finish it, but it's the kind of game where finishing it once is not enough. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more you can do after finishing it the first time. I mean, even though you're doing the same runs, there's so much more to unlock. Right. And... I just love that even though it had permadeath, uh, it didn't feel like a bad thing really to die. Yeah, it, it sucked in the moment when you were far in, but there was that carryover. And so even though we had to start all over, it, it was fun to do. And I, I did hundreds of times. Yeah, and that with that game and the genre in general, that is the nice thing about it is it sucks when you die, but you always are like, okay, I can do that better. I can do that better next time. Like, right. as long as I get this weapon or this item, I know I can do better than that. Yep. So it's like a constant feeling of, like, I can succeed where I just failed. Right. Yeah, it was great. Well, yeah, yeah, Dead Cells is easily one of my favorites, too. So I'm glad that you mentioned I'm not surprised you mentioned it, but I'm glad that you mentioned it. Um, okay, so another one I just recently played is not a new one. It's probably one of the ones that more or less got the genre going again, is Spelunky. Uh, did you ever play Spelunky? I did a little bit. I played it with my kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is definitely a multiplayer game. <laughs> very, very frustrating multiplayer game at times. But I, uh, yeah, I never played it. I, I Apparently I had it um, on my, probably from PlayStation Plus, because okay. I was with some friends, and I have one friend who really likes it, and he's talked about it multiple times in the past. And then my um, friend James ended up, he was... He started playing it, and then I was we were together, so I was like, "All right, I'll play with you." And then it became like, "Okay, I like roguelike games, so like this is fun." But you know me, what do I love? 
a little bit of friendly competition, even if my friends don't know that it's a competition. <laughs> so it became, okay, now I have to beat this before James. <laughs> so so that was my, my goal. And uh, sorry, James, but I did succeed. Um, but I, I honestly, I re- the game is so frustrating. I think I ended up dying, I want to say it was 350 times before I finally finished it the first time. Oh, man. Um, but it is one of those, it's the... Each time, I would say after about twenty deaths, I was when I would be like, "Okay, I'm done. I can't do this right now." <laughs> but it is a game where, just like I was saying earlier, once you find that, you start to get into that rhythm, and then it becomes like, "Okay, I know I can do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I will do this." And then it just becomes a matter of timing everything. Obviously, every level's random, right. but you know, getting the right items, things that are there each time that are the same. You know, maybe not in the same place, but you know that it's coming up and it's just placing it, making sure you have the right items to make it through. Say like in Spelunky, you get bombs and, um, what are they called? Like, like ropes that you can, the the grappling ropes. ropes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that you can use for progression. It becomes a matter of, um, basically learning to save your items, get as much together and then try as hard as you can not to lose your hearts or use those bombs. And as you, play through and then once you get to like the harder levels that's where you start to go through them more but i don't know i really i did i truly enjoyed spelunky um i still have it downloaded i haven't deleted it so i'll probably give it some more time or some more playthroughs but after i beat it the first time i wanted to beat it again because it has two different endings um there's two different like paths you can go to to get an ending i guess and I found I did the easier one. I wanted to try to do the harder one, but I just got frustrated because <laughs> oh. even though I beat it once, it wasn't necessarily easier yet. Yeah, I got to go back and, and try to play that. I, I played mostly just the the multiplayer. Uh, it was really like fast, super fast paced, is what it felt like at, at the time. And uh, I wasn't getting into that one, but I need to give it another playthrough and maybe. Maybe I'll try for the hard ending just to beat it for you. Oh, now the challenge accepted. <laughs> now you know I'm going to start playing it again just to prevent that from happening. Um, yeah, and as far as multiplayer goes, it, I would say multiplayer in roguelites is probably not that common. It, it is a thing. But um, it is a fun multiplayer game. But man, like it can be real frustrating when you're playing with your friends and... They pick you up and throw you. <laughs> <laughs> they try to kill you. Or they're not paying enough attention and they throw a bomb in your general direction because right. there's no uh, friendly fire to turn off. <laughs> right. Yeah, you have to both be vested into the winning and, and putting your best into it. Yeah. But that'd be fun, though. Maybe I can come over and play with you and Ethan at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's one in recent years, or very recently that I played that I liked. Um, any others that you have played that you're... Um, we still talking about ones we liked? Yeah. Let's see. Or you can talk about one you didn't like. We can make <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want. If you have one that you really hated that comes to your mind first. Ah, has been heroes. <laughs> oh yeah. For the Switch. Oh, I forgot about that game. <laughs> that was a launch game on the Switch, right? Yeah. Yeah, I picked it up because I saw you playing it. Yeah. It was cheap and it was, it was early like, on. Like twenty bucks. And yeah. a launch we were looking for stuff other than Breath of the Wild to play. Right. Um I, I, I couldn't get into it. It's just they, I don't feel like they explained the mechanics of it well enough, and I kept dying, but it wasn't fun to start over because I didn't know why I was losing. Yeah. Man, I forgot about that game. I don't even remember. I remember not liking it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's, I played it, 
I if I was to look at my switch playtime, it would probably say less than a few minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I tried it a couple times and was like, well, that was a waste of 20 bucks. Right. I don't even know that I still have it. I really didn't like that game. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan. It, it, if it had progression, I don't think it had progression, but if it did, it was must have been minor. Because, yeah, there was no carryover. So every time it felt like you were just starting over with the same nothingness. It was, it, it was definitely closer to the roguelite feeling because of that. There wasn't the progression. It was still random, but yeah, I didn't love it. Dude, I don't blame you. <laughs> That's a good one for the, the dislike category. Um, now I'm going to have to try to think. I really only like wrote down ones that I liked. Now I'm going to have to see if I can think of some that I don't. But um, while I'm also thinking about that, I will talk about another one that I liked, and I think this one will fall into a category for both of us, and that was Enter the Gungeon. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, Enter the Gungeon is so fun. <laughs> That's such a fun game, multiplayer especially. Yeah. And then, yeah, the playing it co-op, not which unlike Spelunky where you can hurt each other, there's no friendly fire, yeah. which oh, is my nice. my goodness, there, there's so many shots fired oh, yeah. everywhere. I mean, you could, theoretically, because there are like, Explosive barrels and stuff. You could accidentally shoot one of those yeah. and hurt a teammate, but you can't just shoot them, which is nice. Yeah. But yeah, Enter the Gungeon is a lot of fun, and one of the things I like most about it is just how wacky it is with like its gun versatility. Right. Oh, there's tons of humor in it. Yeah, because it could just be like just pistols, but it's like they pull like weapons from every movie and every game <laughs> that you can ever think about. Yep. They use things like t-shirt cannons, um, the mailbox. Shoot, yeah, like shooting letters. That, the, and the mailbox that shoot. Then that's the letter that shoots mailboxes. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Corsair that shoots out um, little like model ships. There's yep. like there's so many wacky guns in that game. Yeah, it was full of pop culture and, and funny guns. It was that was good. Yeah, man, that was that was a fun, a funny and fun one. Um, did you ever finish it? I know we never finished it when we played co-op, but no, I I never did finish that. Okay, you should you should definitely give it a go. This is one that. I'm sure there were people out there who just forgot how to be good enough with any weapon that have been able to make it through to the end. I'm not one of them. It was a matter of, like, I beat it a few times, and it was a matter of getting the right weapons, or the right guns to make it through. Um, but once I finished it, I, the rewarding feeling was there. <laughs> nice. And unlike some other roguelites, um, once I finished it, like, Spelunky, once I finished it, I kind of lost interest to keep trying, even though I want to get the second ending. Yeah. Um, with Enter the Gungeon, I have, I've kept it downloaded since I bought it. And I do go back and try a couple of runs here and there fairly regularly. Um, because it's just fun. The challenge is always there. There's always more to unlock. Like, I still haven't... I've played hundreds and hundreds of runs on that game. Only finished it twice. And... I've still not unlocked every unlockable as far as all the different hidden items and guns and characters you can find. I feel like that was one that almost every time I'd come over, we'd we'd get that one going. I, I kind of forgot that it had an end goal to it. It's just so much fun to start up a game and be playing co-op through the levels. I I never even really looked forward to an end goal. It could have been a, a non-end, a game without an end. No, that's a that's a good point. That was how much fun it was in co-op. Um, it's still one of my favorite games to play multiplayer, at least in recent years. So yeah, I love I, I love that game. Um, any others for you? I was thinking about this uh, as we were doing research. Do you remember? Do you think Toe Jam and Earl 
falls into this as no, kind of a hybrid. I was going to say the same thing. It doesn't pop up on lists of like roguelites, but I think it, especially like the new one, I think it does. Yeah, because it it has the permadeath, even though it gives you a couple a couple lives to get there, and the random levels, random items. There is some progression because you go up levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would think it falls in there. Yeah, and then the new one especially has progression as far as like, as you after you as you play through and you open presents and you find you can unlock new presents that you can only that carry over to the next playthrough. You know that you can okay. find again once you've unlocked them. Okay. Um, yeah. So I do think it falls into that category. It's yeah. got to, which would mean that Toja Mineral back on Sega Genesis was probably our first introduction to the rogue genre right? Uh, ever. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And at the time, man, that was unheard of. A, a game with basically endless possibilities of playthrough because it was always different. Right, and remember the split-screen system? Oh, yeah. I shoot, I can't think of another game that, that did the camera that well as that old... Sega Classic Tojam and Roll. Oh, yeah, back in the day, you you and your brother and myself, we played that so much. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just like, I remember every time I'd come over, for years we'd look forward to playing playing it because it was just, even though we'd beat it, we'd beaten it so many times, it was just always unique. Yep. And uh, sure, nowadays we have so many games to choose from that that's not as big of a deal, but in the 90s, that was, like you said, like there wasn't a lot like that. I don't know. I, d- I don't feel like Toji Monroe gets as much love as it deserves. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah but sure. as far as rogue, the rogue genre, I do... I'm glad you brought it up because I was thinking it, too. I was probably the next thing I was going to bring up. I think it definitely fits into the into the category. Yeah. yeah. At least in some points. It's got to fall into like a hybrid roguelite. I think, I think you're right. Have you played the new one much? I know we played it together a little bit, but... Is that the Xbox one? No, the, the Back to the Groove. Not to- you're thinking Toja Monroe 3, right? Back on oh, original yeah, Xbox? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking, thinking 3. Back in the Groove just came out a couple of years ago. Oh, no, I haven't played that one. Yeah, you have. You and Mark came over. Oh, yeah, the- we did. <laughs> that, that, that one felt so buggy. I forgot about that it, on the Switch. Yeah, it was buggy. It, they fixed it, though. They've released so many updates. Oh, I'll have to go back and try it again. I think I think those bugs uh, kind of stopped me from playing, and I never did finish it. Huh. That's funny. Bad memory over here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, it's it's almost like number two. I just wanted to kind of forget that it was there. Okay, but have you... We're getting off topic. But have you <laughs> played um, Panic on Funkatron in the last, like, ten years? No. Because it's not... As kids, it was disappointing. Because we loved Toja Mineral. We loved the type of game Toja Mineral right. was. So we did not want a 2D platformer, like, when yeah. we played the that, sequel. That makes sense. I, I was... I was heavily biased, I guess, at the time. <laughs> no, I was too. I'm just, I'm just saying, I did go back and play it like in the last ten years, and it's actually a really good platformer. Oh man, it's it's surprisingly fun. And the, um, I know I I met uh, the creator of Toja Mineral um, at PAX a couple of years ago, but before Back in the Groove came out, uh, Greg Johnson, I believe, is his name. But he uh, he had said uh, this wasn't directly to me. I've read articles. It makes it sound like I'm somebody important. He's telling things to you. That is not true. I I had a good conversation with him, but I had read in an interview that he had had with somebody that Toja Morrell 2 was definitely, even though he has a lot of love for the game now, it was a product of 
basically corporate America or corporation, corporate Japan. I don't know whoever it was. It was Sega. Basically said we want a sequel because the first one did really well, but we want a platformer. Gotcha. So it was not the game that he wanted to make. Um, but he he said. But that being said, at the time he kind of hated it because he didn't want to make it. Yeah. But now he is a very big fan of the game because of what they were able to accomplish. Oh man, I'll have to go back and check it out. Yeah, I, I think it's worth bad. it. If it ever comes to me, like the Sega Genesis Online, that'd be a good way to play it, too. I feel bad. I've been throwing so much hate at that game for the last you know, 20 years you or know, so. You know, when I talked to him, he actually mentioned you by name. Well, you know, <laughs> that makes sense. I I am important in his life. I've probably been uh, throwing hate at his Twitter feed for... <laughs> You're a Twitter troll over <laughs> here? Man. Uh, I guess we got off topic there, though. <laughs> But back to Back in the Groove, which is a roguelite game, which is in the, the genre, uh, the main it, it, subject we were supposed to be talking about. Yeah. I do feel like at first it was really buggy and had a lot of issues, but um, I think the finished product now, they're still releasing updates, I think, but I think it's it, it, they did a good job. It's a really fun game. I liked the, the progression on that one where it was the hats, right? You could get the hats mm-hmm. that rolled over. Yep, and then they gave you different little perks. Yeah. Like the hula hat that would make you stop dancing to the hula lady. Right. Yeah. Or like there was one that allowed you to walk on uh, walk across water. Um, there's all kinds of hats. And I'd, I do eventually want to, because I have it on PlayStation as well, I do want to eventually get them all because I want to get the platinum trophy. But, <laughs> you know, maybe you can get it on PlayStation and then we can play it online together. There you go. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And then you can, you can help me get that platinum trophy. Why can't you get a trophy on the Switch version? Well, because the that's, Switch doesn't have any kind of achievement it. system. Let's yeah. not talk about it. I'm bitter. But it doesn't stop my love of Nintendo and the Switch. But I still wish they had it. Oh, anyway, I'm going to stop my stupid little needless rant. Any other rogue-type games that you are a fan of that you would like to talk about? Or that you hated with a passion? Like Has-Been Heroes. Nothing's coming to mind immediately. I, those are the ones. Those were the big ones. Yeah, uh, there's so many out there. I'm sure I've played a couple others, but nothing else is coming to my mind. Um, nothing else was coming to my mind while I was writing things down. There's some like I believe it was Rogue Legacy. That was the first one I ever played oh, okay. um, in the in the rev- the revitalization of the rogue genre, um, but. It did not stick with me. I played it like two, three times, and I was like, nope. And that was back on PS3, so it's been a while. But other than that... Um, oh. Now, yeah. I would just remember... Don't You remember Don't Starve? Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that game. I hated that game. Uh, you really liked it, though, didn't you? I, I did. I, I uh, actually... They gave me two licenses. I don't know why, where I saw it or why I purchased it, but it, yeah, I got a license before, in, during the beta, and... And uh, you and I were playing. And then you had it on the PS4, I think. Yeah, I bought it. It was one of the first games I bought because I really wanted to like that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did like that one, though. It, uh, I, it's super hard. I, I play it on my phone sometimes, too. They, they have an, a phone version. Uh, but yeah, because it has the random levels. They've added so much to that game, too. That you're, you're building and exploring and, and fighting weird monsters and it's got humor yeah huh. yeah I like it so you still play it yeah on occasion yeah I don't want to make it sound like um I, I've spent a lot of time on that game but on occasion huh. no that's cool yeah I don't know what it was but that game just never resonated with me um 
But I mean, I love the concept of it. That's why I kept trying to play it. Right. Like Final Fantasy Twelve. It's one of those games that I won't stop trying to play, hoping that one day I feel differently about it. But no, that's cool. Maybe we should play. It has co-op now, doesn't it? It does. Maybe we should play it co-op one day. Yeah. Maybe that'll change my mind. Bring me back. Bring me around to the light side. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any other roguelites that I can think of. But all in all, it's just like, it's kind of fun to talk about genres like this because it's just like, I'm sure most of the people who will ever listen to this podcast are familiar with a game in the genre. And then, so in turn, the genre in general. Right. But maybe talking about it, talking about what we like about it, what we don't like about it, maybe somebody will find something they actually want to play. Yeah. Um, something new that they hadn't even heard of. So if you listen to the podcast and there are any um, specific roguelite or rogue likes that you're a fan of, uh, feel free to let us know on the at the X Button Gaming um, handle on Instagram or Twitter, and I'll also probably post a question on this podcast on Anchor, asking what some of or Spotify, asking what some of people's favorites in the genre are. So, well, on that note, I don't think we have a lot else to talk about. But no, I think that's it. That's all that covers rogue lights for me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were able to come on here with me. Um, I know you're one of the first people I told when I was getting ready to do this. So uh, it's exciting to, to have you on here. Um, uh, yeah, I was, I was super stoked to get get invited to sit here. To sit on the glorious on the button couch. couch. <laughs> yeah. you, oh, should, man. you should see this thing. It, it is all pimped out. You guys don't want to see it. It's too much glory for one set of eyes. <laughs> um. Oh, we'll have to have you on here again. I know you're one of the only other people that appreciates uh, trophies slash achievements as much as I do. So maybe in the future we'll we'll talk about that or another another something that resonates well with the both of us. I think I might actually have to upgrade my platinum trophies before then. You have some work to do. It gives me some work. Yeah. I know there's some. There's a. What's this getting off? Okay, maybe I won't get into that. <laughs> there, <laughs> but yeah, I do. I love me some trophy hunting. So, but anyways, I. Uh, like I said, I really appreciate you coming on here, man. Cool. So on that note, we will go ahead and sign off a little earlier than normal. But I appreciate everybody for listening. And like I mentioned, keep in mind you can follow us at X Button Gaming on Instagram and Twitter. And we will see you for episode five here in about two weeks. Thank you. And remember to always press X to continue.